back to the Vornia Today Sweaters Club, guys. As always, I'm your host, Mikey Moore. We're back with a great interview with Ryan and Adele from Melbourne Pop Punk Outfit, Excuse for an Exit, who will be joining us May 28th for BYP 10 with Vermont, Ultraviolet, Disillusion, and All Regards. We discuss their almost 12-year existence as a band, their growth into one of Melbourne's most exciting acts, and learn a bit about their plans for 2022 and beyond. Tickets for BYP 10 are still available via Oztix, so grab yours ASAP to avoid missing out. Listen in. Hey, welcome back to the show, everybody. I'm uh, here with Adele and Ryan from Excuse for an Exit. How are you guys? Hey. Very well, thank you. Thanks for having Exhausted, us. Exhausted, sleep deprived, <laughs> covered in dust. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Well, uh, yeah, it's really, it's really great to have you guys on the show. Uh, obviously, we've got you on board for the BYP 10 event on May 28th at Last Chance Rock and Roll Bar, which we're, um, we're super excited to, to, to have you for. Um, I think the last time I spoke to you guys would have been when we had you on board the, I think it was the Letters to Amara launch show. Was that the last yep. time? Yeah, I remember that one. Absolutely. That was it. That yeah. Was ages ago now. That was in the, the golden age. Yeah. Like, no, you know, was... Pre-COVID era, BC. Yeah. Geez, what? 2019. Yeah. I think um, yep. it's a different world, wasn't it? It's um. <laughs> Yeah, but it's good to be back and not long now. I mean, we're itching as always to get back on the stage. So what we're like only a couple of weeks out. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, during your set, um, can we expect any surprises? Uh, I mean, I would like to say yes. I'm um, really been thinking that our live show has been impo- improving, at least in the rehearsal room. I mean, again, it might just be pent up. We want to get back on stage. Not that it's, we haven't had any opportunities and we haven't been on a stage, but we've been, um, we've been working on a few things. So yeah, cool. I reckon you should expect some, some energy. Yeah. Well, I think you, you guys played an awesome set uh, at the letters show. And I, like you said, you're probably um, with a bit more experience, you, you've tightened things up and you guys have just been on fire. Um, I know keeping an eye on your socials and stuff, you guys are just popping up on all these amazing bills and um, it's really cool to see you guys taking off um how does it feel for you guys i'm sure it's like a bit of a whirlwind coming out of covid and just having all these these great shows to be on yeah it's yeah. surreal it's so good <laughs> i love it i I didn't feel like myself during covid i mean no one did but like i just had i just completely lost myself with that live music and yeah we got it back now so i'm very happy <laughs> mm. yeah well um how did you guys stay busy music wise while lockdown was happening Oh, I got an electronic kit. Yeah. <laughs> electronic kit was the way. Sales would have been through the roof of those things, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> um, Lee is a prolific writer. So she just has oh. like riffs on the go constantly. And um, I just listen to them in my headphones and go for walks and just try and like write music like that. Um, most of it was pretty basic but we got ugly cry and death of me out of covid so you know we went all right (laughs) Mm. yeah well two uh really awesome singles and i think the first thing i noticed i was just listening to them again before uh we started the show but um especially death of me has a bit more of like a uh, edgier vibe um i was i was really surprised it's you guys have sort of gone and still maintaining that pop pop sensibility but it's a bit heavier um was that like a natural sort of progression or something you guys had planned to do before 
the the writing and recording or I think it was definitely planned. Oh, we're disagreeing. I was just just thinking it just came out of the demo stage of it. It It's like, well, this song's clearly got a, like a destination. Like the riff was just like, oh, this is like, you know, your your punk beat kind of song, which we haven't really explored before. But then we did it and it was just like, but this isn't us. So then we, you know, added layers of us to it and like twisted it until we were like, oh yeah, now this is a good representation of us. And it's got that punk edge. Just put yeah. the BP up, up again. Put it up again. Make it faster. What yeah. if we go just a little bit faster? Ugly Cry was meant to be uh, a little bit slower than it is, isn't it, Ed? <laughs> well, I mean, That's yeah, awesome. Ugly Cry has that sort of uh, riffy breakdown part that like sort of sounds a bit like periphery sort of thing, you know? Um, <laughs> it's amazing that you, that you say it was supposed to be a slower song because, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a perler. Not too much slower. It's just meant to like sit back a bit more. It's just a little inside joke. That our like... songs are always slower before they go into the studio. Mm, that's like, true too. The, ver- the first thing we do is put the in the writing process with the producer. The first thing we do is like, oh, let's just add twenty BPM. Oh, make it thirty. <laughs> yeah, which is always hard for me when I'm like struggling to play things. Um, like unreleased track has particularly challenging parts for me personally. And it was just like, I it was like the one time I was begging for the BPM to be dropped, and then I went to track it, and I was just like, I'm gonna need a few takes here, mate. Like, <laughs> this is gonna be a struggle town, but we got through it. Yeah. Well, um, who were who were the new singles recorded with? They were CB? All with CB. Yeah. Ah, oh, the man. Vernon. The man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> and I, did he work on the EP with you guys as well? No, that was prior. Um, all the EP stuff was with Loud Noise. That's right. Yep. So every everything hot mess, um, including yeah, here again and taking out was with those guys. Yeah. Well, working with Chris, uh, I'm sure that would have uh, helped with the heavier direction the songs were taking. Was that something he sort of lent into when he was um, making the music with you guys? Or I think I just know. making. Oh, sorry. I think just making hot mess was just crazy for us because like we'd never um done anything like that before Mm. and once that giant whirlwind was over and the dust had settled we were like okay shit hot mess really was a hot mess and the sound was pretty varied amongst all the tracks and we were like no we have to choose a direction um as much as evan and ash from loud noise tried to make us um as cohesive as they could but um it, we were we were pretty all over the place. So, <laughs> but we um sure. we came to CV and we were like he was like all right what the fuck are you guys doing and we were like no 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 we promise we we want to go down more like a punk sort of like our sound but maybe a bit more punk a bit heavier um, mm. that was the direction we wanted to go so yeah, yeah. That's a bit of a pick, pick a lane kind of situation but as far as the <laughs> yeah. real heavy stuff in those songs go like I think that was already predetermined like the breakdowny section in Ugly Cry was already there. And that was something that, like, I just sort of get one over for because I was like, oh, it sounds almost too out of place or it's not like something we've done before. But then it was like, no, we should sort of explore this. We don't have to go all in, but it's fitting. It's still cool. And it is like an avenue that isn't too far detached of what we want to do. And then with Death of Me, it's just sort of blasty because of the tempo that the original riff was. But I don't think CB specifically was like, let's make this heavier or honestly there wasn't really much changes with these two songs as there was with like hot mess which really like you know was you know churned over a few times there was a, 
a bit more uh, adjustments made during production. I feel mm-hmm. like it, like particularly Death of Me and even a couple of new ones that we've got coming. Ooh, I, I think we're mostly alert. untouched. Yeah, I feel like they're mostly um, mostly the original vision. Am I incorrect there, Ed? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Except the BPM went up and the distortion got put up always. Yeah, <laughs> that's really cool. Well, uh, it's nice to hear you say that um, there's a few more songs in the works. So am I right in assuming that Death of Me and Ugly Cry are part of a new EP or? Oh, oh that's a hard one. Ask an artist to make EPs these days because as an artist, that's all we want to do. We just want to create a beautiful cohesive little like a little booklet of songs you know that would be really nice but we've been advised by so many people just not to do that anymore because you have to just release your songs as singles to like Hmm. get as much um what would you call it as much uh use out of each song content needs to be more yeah it's all about the consumption of media i guess so yeah like eps cool for artists dead medium for a consumer because like things are either going to go ignored or not given the attention that they sh- that you feel as an artist they deserve or yeah it's just not as efficient on the release cycle as Adele was touching on like it's just like oh you're not you know on the forefront of everyone's mind every six weeks or eight weeks or whatever like you could have done this and been more you know uh consumable I guess <laughs> mm. no it's definitely a valid point um I think I've spoken to a few artists on this podcast about about that very thing where they'll say when they first started, they they put out a single, dropped an EP, and then the first three tracks get a bunch of spins and, and then the other ones sort of get uh, just lost in the shuffle. So it's, it's definitely, uh, you're right. I think that as a consumer, uh, we're looking, everybody's so pressed for time. You're looking for that real like condensed bite size you know, piece of content that you can you can play over and over again. Um, but uh, as artists, how is it frustrating sitting on recorded music that you can't show to people? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my girlfriend um, hacked my phone and shared an unreleased song to her mum because her <gasps> mum wouldn't leave her alone and i was Mate. like are you kidding me i've had to make my phone like hack proof because it's not just me it's my bloody friends and girlfriend just trying to like foil us i don't know <laughs> but <laughs> it's um, nice that she's excited though yeah so, yeah yeah cute. um manon's mum is is a very big fan so <laughs> yeah you might have to like get her to sign an nda you know yeah, seriously. <laughs> no, she, her lips are sealed. She's pretty. She's pretty good like that. So. Yeah, well, that, that's really exciting uh, to hear that there's more music to come. Uh, obviously, I think seeing the traction that you guys have gained, uh, there's definitely a hunger for more. Um, so, but let's go back to, I guess, a bit earlier in your career. Um, I noticed when I was reading a bio that you guys formed in Gippsland, and I think we might have talked about this before in an interview, but forming in Gippsland would have a lot of challenges. And I don't know if the towns you guys grew up in had much of a music scene, but I'm sure it probably would have been even smaller for like alternative bands. But tell me what it was like uh, growing up in Gippsland and sort of being a part of that smaller niche of, of music. 
Yeah, I mean, we didn't know any better as far as uh, opportunities and like the bigger, like holistic view of the scene, I guess. Um, mm. But that being said, like, you know, it, it was sort of like peak pop punk, you know, emo alt rock era. And there were still avenues to do that, whether it was, you know, high school auditorium or like dodgy venues next to train tracks like <laughs> like there were and like freezer gigs you know that that was in like the heyday of of like the push and freezer gigs and whatnot and bon, moe bonfire it's a classic <laughs> like there were opportunities granted unpaid and much fewer and spread out than there are as soon as you establish yourself as a band that wants to play and you're in maybe I still like, felt anywhere like we were in a bit of a in a bit of a gippsland bubble though yeah like not really sure. knowing any of like the Melbourne bands and um, I don't know, we're all a pack of weirdos really. So it's sort of, it, to find, we've, we've found out that the whole scene is a pack of weirdos now, but mm. um, at the time mm. it was very intimidating to like take those first steps to sort of, yeah, get yeah, out You don't know and... the opportunities you're missing out on, but Gippy's all right. It's just, you know, it, it's cool to see there's a bunch of awesome bands coming out of Gippy these days. And, oh, you know, they've, they've all got the foresight to, you know, either make the move or just be much more active and, like, you know, maybe not sit on their hands as much as we did <laughs> to, like, make a change and get up here and be more active. Because, like, yeah, thriving scene down there. But I think these days there's way, way less gigs than there was them when we were in high school. But they're adjusting uh, as they should and, you know, taking gigs up in Melbourne where there's more plentiful opportunity. Yeah, well, I think the the freezer thing. I'm sure there's there's a lot less investment from the government in like events for youth, which is a real shame because like bands like yourselves and, and so many others get their start playing those shows. And you know, where where is sort of the launching point for these bands looking to More play? Than that, to, they're the gigs yeah. that we see when we're young too. Like mm. that's the stuff that inspired at least me personally. Like going to those gigs, like seeing the Getaway Plan and stuff. Just like. <laughs> Oh, like when they were babies, like doing like baby gigs. It's just, and you know, I was even more of a baby. It's just like, oh, look at the possibilities, even though like they're playing like a cheap shit stage and get me. I'm just like, yeah, that's, that's what I want to do. Um, so yeah, absolutely. For the bands and for, you know, inspiring just art in general down there, it's a super big shame that there's not more of it happening. Mm. What were some of the bands? Uh, who were some of the bands that came through to give you? I mean, you mentioned Getaway Plan already, which would have been awesome uh, during that peak for sure. But um, are there any other shows that stick out in your mind as as ones that inspired you guys to to get into playing in a band? Oh man, what was that? Um, there was like the V, like the set of V festivals, like V one. V- I don't know if there was a V one. I remember going to like V six. I think it was, <laughs> which is like at the Moe Bonfire. But the, oh, I can't really remember. Bigger bands. I mean, I remember just being I in all as well, like was local the heroes. Band. <laughs> yeah, true. But I even just like local legends, behind. it was cool to see. <laughs> I remember going to see Behind Crimson Eyes in Warrigal one time. That was oh, cool. Hell yeah. <laughs> nice. But even yeah. like mm. anyone in Moe will tell you about, I mean, anyone in the older generation in Moe will tell you like, oh, ACDC came through here and played <laughs> Moe Town Hall when I was 24 or something. It's just like, really? But like... That's something I've heard a whole bunch of. I unfortunately didn't get to see a uh, a young Akadaka. Yeah, I think I think every dad ever has a story about. Oh, you know, Akadaka played in my mate's laundry. You know, like yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> for sure. 
Uh, it's really funny. I remember like House versus Hurricane and stuff and bands like that nice. playing at um, Inferno a whole bunch, like back when, uh, I don't want to like miss genre define that whole scene, but essentially, you know, House versus Hurricane and Friends, like all playing in Trelgan, <laughs> like every like third or fourth month. And it was just like, they, those were good gigs. Mm. Inferno stage is fun. Yeah, hundred percent. So, um, you guys released the EP, and things started to get a lot, a lot busier for you guys, and um, even more so now coming out of COVID. And I always, I always like to ask this of bands that have sort of taken the next step and are really on their way to to becoming a really uh, big force in the scene. But juggling your real lives and music. How do you guys manage that? Because I'm sure like everybody's super busy. I, I know that a lot of musicians work casual jobs, which make hours really irregular. Um, do you guys have sort of like a secret or anything like that to, to balancing, you know, both realities that you guys live in? First of all, bless you for your kind words. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no secret. It's just time management and, I don't know, sweat and late to appointments and fitting it in, I, I think. I kind of threw a grenade in my entire life when uh, once we went into um, the studio and made the EP and I realised, holy shit, I've been, like, wasting my life up to this point and I just had this, like, huge wave of inspiration and just completely um, changed my priorities to be way more focused towards the band and less towards, like, saving money for the future I was like nah like I'm gonna have fun now so um yeah it was it was actually like the biggest life-changing thing that's ever happened to me so I kinda like, um I just have this like love for what we're doing that I just it just like is explosive inside me and um I don't know how else to explain it. it's almost like spiritual it sounds weird but it's the truth um yeah <laughs> it's really insightful uh it's it's I think it's always really nice to hear, especially from local musicians, that that this is such a big passion. I mean, there's there's so much, uh, I guess, crap out there to kind of just keep you hypnotized and on the couch. And um, to to hear you guys so passionate about it is is really cool. Spent a long yeah. time during COVID on the couch, man. And now, it's like <laughs> well, the coolest I mean, way you to no spend choice, your weekends, yeah. yeah, the coolest way to spend your weekends, like you know, setting up at a venue and going to grab a feed with your mates and then you get a couple of free drinks over the bar. You get to play a set. You get real sweaty. You earn a nice big sleep in the next day. That's a good weekend. That's worth prioritizing. Absolutely. So um, you guys recorded the EP with Loud Noise, um, played a couple of shows. We go into lockdown. You come out with this amazing two new singles. Um, they're, they're, it's sort of crazy to, to sort of say that all in one sentence, but how do you guys feel that you've grown since you started as a band? Because I know, Ryan, before we started recording this, you were saying that you guys have actually been together as a band for almost 12 years. Am I right there? Yeah, it'd be longer if you exclude my, like 12 years with me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. longer, with, longer with Adele and Lee, it's more like 14 or something. Wow. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, Lee. Lee and I just and Lee's sister um, started Excuse for an Exit way back in the day. Do you remember, I don't know if you remember Cool Schools or if anyone remembers Cool Schools, but um, it's this program where when you're at school you get to like write a song and go record it in, in Melbourne. I think it's Studio Fifty 
four. Am I making this yeah. up? I'm not sure. No, that's right. I was going to say 52, okay. but I think you're right. Good. I'm so sleep deprived. I'm like, am I just talking <laughs> absolute bollocks right now? I don't know. But anyway. Um, this is rad. Yeah. Um, that was our first little taste. And we've been addicted been to music cool ever schools. since. Yeah, I'd be going to cool schools as part of like the class band doing like jazz songs and being jealous that I'm not like playing like emo tunes and excuse for an exit <laughs> and, then, and then when uh like I think it was year 12 right um yeah. like gradu- graduating year um the band was invited to it was a cool school's award night cool schools awards night where it's like hey you guys are gonna win something being asked to play on stage um and they needed a drummer at the time and I was just like oh yes my time has come um and that's been me since, but and we never looked back. Yeah, but but again, then it's like ten years and nothing because we're in Gippy, not knowing what we're doing. It's not really our priority. And then we we just look at hot mess release and getting Dean on board as us putting the foot down and saying, "No, let's let's have a good go, mm. have a good crack." That's really cool. Um, so now that you guys have got a bunch of music under your belts, I'm sure that there's a lot of ambition to, to sort of expand. Um, have you guys got any interstate ambitions or shows already lined up or? We have, we have, we (laughs) like, we have talked to people about it. There isn't any dates set in stone as of yet, but the the ambition is definitely there. The plan is definitely (laughs) to do some uh, interstate swaps or to, um, hop on uh, interstate tour if we can but yeah it's still in uh, talking phases at the moment so yeah, if any yes. listeners have nothing like to announce to crash tonight, on, unfortunately yeah that'd be dope but yeah venues want to like you know get us out there sure people want us to can have have a floor for us to sleep on we'll be there mm. we've just not coordinated anything as of yet <laughs> <laughs> that's fair enough i'm sure by the end of the year you guys will jump on on a tour and uh yeah it'll, it'll be it'll be really fun Fingers crossed. It's all coming back. It's good to see like massive tours being announced again. Um, sorely missed. Hmm. Now, um, I wanted to add that, I mean, since, and, and we spoke about this before as well, Ryan, but you said that excuse for an exit since you formally launched on socials uh, with, I think, the first recorded tracks, you kept a consistent lineup the whole way through. And that is so rare. Like so many bands you hear, you know, they'll lose members and then get replaced by like either a hundred different people or just backing tracks. But um, you guys <laughs> seem to all be yeah. like quite close and um, just manage to keep the band going with all the same people. And um, how much is that a testament to you guys being friends or do you, is it like a, you a guys family. really work on like a, yeah, is it like a sort of a, you balance the the professional family sort of relationship within the band. Oh, it's super important to have that though, right? Like, mm. I don't know. I, I've heard from a bunch of bands, like, you know, only start a band with your friends or like the successful bands that are like, you know, it shouldn't be a job and you want to be hanging out with people you want. And I guess we've just sort of got lucky in that, like, you know, that is our position. And I think it's like one of the better things that exists in the whole situation. Hmm. I think one of the reasons why we started so late from our formation is because we actually went through all of the lineup changes before we released Hot Mess. So, um, yeah, we kind of hit the sweet spot 
with um, finally getting like Dean on board. And even before me, we had a different singer because I never used to be able to sing. Like I had to work on that. And (laughs) um, yeah, um, it took us a time, but we're here now. (laughs) Yeah. Adele and Lee have been the through lines, but I guess, yeah. I mean, to be fair, I'm only the second drummer, but Dean would be the third or fourth bassist. Third, right? No. Well, fourth. If you, yeah, fourth basis. And then, yeah. So I guess we got all that done when we were still like, you know, doing gippy things, which was admittedly not much. And then the, I, you know, the lo- the lineup was locked down and then it's like, cool, this is it. We're all happy. We've all got like a, you know, the same thoughts in mind. We, we've all come along. We've all aligned our goals, essentially. Let's hit it. We're and, all obsessed. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, I, that's, a very good thing to have, I guess, everybody engaged and firing on all cylinders. And um, I guess, it, yeah, it also helps that you guys are all mates and uh, have that sort of family dynamic within the band. For sure. So uh, with all the shows that you played today, is there any that sticks out in your mind as your favorite? And, and like, it could be just like, it was a fun show or it was like a holy shit moment. You know, you're playing with like a really cool band or, uh, what are some memories that stick out in your mind as far as your favorite shows? Oh man. Uh, I was thinking of this the other week. Cause I remember like first being asked this question and it was like a very easy answer, but now like hashtag blessed, we've had so many cool opportunities. Like there's been so much cool shit happening recently. Um, my old go-to answer was like when we were playing, um, Oh my gosh, whole lot of love. Um, because we used to play that semi-frequently. And I remember I like after having a particularly awesome set there, like taking out my in-ears, because it was like one of the earlier times that we'll like I was playing along to a click and we're playing on the track. And I remember finishing the set. And I used to do a thing where when I wasn't running the tracks off my phone, um, like finishing the set and then standing up with my phone and taking a photo of everyone, like the, you know, the last cheer. <laughs> and I remember doing that, like grabbing my phone. And then taking my earphones to out to stand up and take this photo. And I took my earphones out and they were so loud because I hit very hard and it's a very small room and I've got to have to click blasting to even hear it. But I took my earphones out and stood up and it was just like a, not a deafening roar, but it, in relative to the, any crowd we've had thus far, it was like a room, which was like 80 odd people. And it was like <laughs> 80 odd people cheering. And I just knew that we'd smash it. Like I felt really good bit lot of good rush and then just hearing like 80 odd people like cheering that was like a really good holy shit Mm. really really stoked moment um and now we've just been really fortunate to play bigger bigger rooms and have really nice responsive crowds and a lot of a lot of good support the whole way there's just i don't know i personally don't have any other major takeaway i feel like most gigs we go and do now uh, i'm just chuffed to be doing it at all Mm. what about yourself adele Oh, no, I was hoping you'd skip over me because my answer is pretty much the same. I was going to add to the, like, whole lot of love thing too. Like, we got to a point where we were selling that one out and we kind of had to move on. But at the mm. same time, I, like, I think I'll always think of, you know, that that room and, like, 80 people and, like, actually being able to pack it out because it is, like, a challenge to pack out the bigger rooms for us at the moment still. Like, we're still just trying to – we're trying to achieve that next goal. Um, mm. So – 
yeah, I was just like reminiscing like, oh, my God, remember when? Mm. <laughs> remember <laughs> Something when good about a sweaty, packed, small room, even a though tri- all you hear is room. drums. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> even though it's just cymbals and nothing else. Oh, yeah. Good times. Cool. Well, um, maybe just a couple more questions before we wrap it up. But uh, if you could give some advice to some younger bands looking to either start or just take that next step, um, what would you say to them? If you have one song that you like, just save up some money and take it to a fucking producer, a good producer, someone who's produced a band that you like and you like the sound of and just see what fucking happens because you're going to learn so much, so much. Just do that. Just save up the money. Just do one song. And, and yeah, because honestly that's what started like the roller coaster for me, like really. Because before yeah. then I was always loving music. I loved the band. We, we would jam and we would play gigs on like a Wednesday night and we would write amazing songs and have like jam sessions that would go for hours and hours and hours. But until we went into the studio with the producer, with producers who were just like, nah, that bit's shit. All right, that bit's going to be the chorus now. Like play harder, play better, sing higher, get the higher note. Um, I didn't know what we were capable of I had no idea and as soon as I heard the end result I was like oh shit fuck we've actually got to do something with this now and it like really (laughs) lit a fire underneath me and I I tell any friend or anyone at the bar you know a stranger at a bar I'm like if you actually just fucking try it what have you got to lose really you do not need to go to a restaurant for dinner like multiple times a week in your full-time job and come home watch Netflix and all that shit fuck that shit off eat, eat maggi noodles and go to a studio and record your shit that's what I would say anyway oh yeah I like it fair. love the passion I, I feel the passion yeah <laughs> I got to agree um it was a super eye-opening experience and on the note of like third-party perspective like I mean, take stock of what you want to do um if you want to be a recording musician and you, you've got a bunch of originals absolutely uh if you want to take that live to good third-party perspective like get coach on board man that's something we've only done recently and just third-party opinions um <laughs> shout out steve by the way and shout out future artist development dude just get- I was like, why did you not mention coach when um mikey asked the first question about like do we have some surprises in our upcoming show well and you, did, because you, now were, it's, you were surprisingly silent and i and i didn't change because i was like anymore, i was Dad. like is this a fucking secret are we not supposed uh, to be telling people this i'm pretty sure it's on social media so i didn't even mention coach yeah, mention coach because i was like is this a surprise but no we've been working with coach and we're and we we do have surprises for our upcoming show that we've been Working on with Coach, hopefully that our uh, live show is much better now that Coach yeah, has been absolutely. on board. <laughs> and that surprise yeah. is hopefully all around improvement. But yeah, that's that's a good bit of key info is just like, or, or even to zoom out a bit more and go more broad, more macro is um, like talk with people you respect or that are industry respected or even not even necessarily industry respected, but just anyone that has more experience than you do. Um, Oh, listen, listen to, to this podcast. <laughs> listen yeah. to other episodes in this podcast. <laughs> yeah, please. Yeah. <laughs> listen. Yeah, like just anyone's got more experience than you. Like listen to their opinion. Like everyone's got a very valued opinion um, and you should probably take their information on board because they have little gems of wisdom. You put all them gems of wisdom together, you're a whole lot more wise, yo. 
Oh, yeah, guys. Gems. Yeah, that's the dream. Oh, I'm uh, super excited to, uh, yeah, hear what you guys have coming up and including these, uh, this surprise for the, for the set. But um, if, just while, before we let you go, um, what is the plan for the rest of 2022 and beyond? Oh, we're constantly reevaluating that. <laughs> uh, um, we've already mentioned we've got a couple of songs in the pipeline. Um, but we want a few more. We, we don't necessarily want to put an album, like an EP or an album out, but we want to be able to like consistently like be releasing and be, we just want to be a really strong force moving forward. So we, we're aware there that we a, sort of need a good backlog of stuff. There is a headliner show in the works as well. Ooh. Can't announce that yet because we don't have a date set in stone, but uh, yes, that will be coming soon. And also recording more songs for 2023. Mm. We have yeah. we've got a, a long game going on. So Everything is cogs turning and there's many, many cogs, but we're trying to make it all move together so it's all nice and cohesive and super, uh, super strong. Lovely, guys. super vague, but you know what it is. <laughs> uh, really cool. Well, um, yeah, I guess we'll see you on May 28th at BYP10, uh, also featuring Hell, Vermont, yes. uh, Disillusioned, Ultraviolet, and All Regards. Uh, tickets available now on OzTix, and, uh, yeah, we'll see you there. Bless you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.